This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention, I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk. Neil deGrasse Tyson here, your personal astrophysicist. Today's edition is a cosmic queries on the subject of invisibility. We all want to be invisible at some point in our lives. And I got with me Nagin Frasad. Nagin, welcome back. Hello, Neil. I'm so excited to be here and to be talking about this crazy topic. It's a crazy topic. And those who are meeting you for the first time on this show, all right, you are host of Fake the Nation. Uh, okay. You've got a podcast of your own there. And you're also a regular on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. I think I've been on that twice. And I didn't do very well. They asked me questions. I got them all wrong. They never, they never invited me back. And most, you know, they, they usually help guests just get the questions right. So they must have had something against you in particular, <laughs> not to help you. <laughs> they usually rig those tests. Yeah, but it's, a, it's a delightful moment of conversational comedy uh, in Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Absolutely. On NPR, of course. Is it still on NPR? Absolutely, Excellent. Yes. And you're also host of recently... The Succession recap. You know, I've seen episodes of Succession. I don't want that recapped. Okay, it's too <laughs> weird. It's too, it's too, I don't know what's going on or why or should it be happening. I don't understand it. I don't want to understand it. And you're going to recap it? No. I mean, Neil, you have no idea. These recaps are like just out of control. We are, we get so deep <laughs> into the psychology of billionaires. It is fun, ridiculous, and we have no idea what we're talking about because none of us are billionaires. No, it's too weird. Tune it's in the for family, the fun. And the family tensions and everything. I don't want to, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. And I've read a little about this, but we have people out there who are experts in invisibility. 
And we're not talking about the CIA or anybody like that. We're talking about we're talking about actual physical optics of invisibility. And so we combed the landscape and we found Professor Greg Gaber. Greg, welcome to Star Talk. Hey, thank you. Great to be here. You're a professor of physics and optical sciences at University of North Carolina at Charlotte. So your research focuses on classical optics, the wave nature of light. So classical as opposed to quantum optics, I guess. Is that how you distinguish that? Yeah, that's exactly it. Light is a wave, not as a particle. Um, and So you're not in denial of it being a particle. <laughs> you're just saying you, you care about it when it manifests as a wave and you're good with that. That, yeah, that's about correct. Um, I find the <laughs> I find the wave properties just really elegant and beautiful and fascinating. And even though we've known light's a wave for like over 200 years, there's still so many interesting things to discover. And you're author of a book that just has an audacious title, Invisibility. Let me get the title right here. The History and Science of How Not to Be Seen. Oh my gosh. Released in 2023. So you're the right guy for this, I'm, I'm guessing. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so Nagin, we, we've collected questions from our Patreon members. Now the, the, the barrier of entry to become a Patreon member has been reduced. So you can actually have access to our questions and be uh, not only special recordings of our questions and answer sessions, but also you get to get one of your questions submitted. And that's for like $5 a month which I'm sure costs less than all orders of coffee you could possibly put <laughs> at Starbucks. I'm pretty sure. Is that right? I mean, absolutely. Well, yeah. And that includes tip, I think. It's a, it's I a think, bargain. Right, right. Totally, totally, totally. Okay, so what So what do you have for us? Okay, Nadine? so Dylan um, from Flagstaff asks, this question sounds weird, but can you be invisible in other spectrums of the electromagnetic field? It's one thing to be invisible from visible light, but how about ultraviolet or infrared? Look. I love that. Yeah. And let me just preface that, um, Greg, by saying, you know, technically a window is invisible, right? Because you can't see the window if you see what's on the other side of the window. The window's just kind of not there. So this whole thing of invisibility, could you just put it on some kind of foundation so that we can know how to think about the questions that are getting asked? Sure. I mean, I do draw usually a distinction between transparency and invisibility. So a window is very hard to see, and we all know that in a lot of cases, you just can't see it at all. Um, it depends how clumsy you are, yes. Yeah, yeah 10-year-old Nagin definitely didn't see the sliding glass door that she re walked into and There's really— There's nothing more embarrassing than So embarrassing, than that. so yes. embarrassing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, now I feel bad because when I give talks, I often use a gif of people walking into like, glass doors to <laughs> highlight the point. Um, but so, so yeah, I mean, so we tend to think of windows as transparent because they always do for, in almost every circumstances, reflect a little bit of light. And when we tend to think of invisibility, we think of something that isn't going to reflect light and it isn't going to disturb the light that passes through it or around it so that the object becomes in principle, undetectable for whatever spectrum of light you're considering. All right, so visible light. Uh, this questioner clearly knows about other bands of light in the electromagnetic spectrum. And I'm, I, I'm happy to, uh, I'm always jumped to point out that 
windows are transparent to visible light, but are almost opaque to infrared light, right? So if, we, if our eyes were tuned to infrared, wouldn't the window just be opaque? It would be like a wall. Is that a fair statement? I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. So now, in whatever you do to make something invisible, like give us an example, and then tell me how you might do that in a different band of light. So what's your favorite band of light to render things invisible? <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm always partial to visible, but I mean... Okay. Uh, <laughs> Call him old-fashioned, Neil. Yeah, He's I'm just partial to visible I'm light. A, I'm a traditionalist. I do classic yeah. optics. I, none of those fancy waves for me. Um, so actually, I, one thing I can say is that um, the first experimental test that somebody did to try and demonstrate at least the principles of making an invisibility cloak they did it for microwave wavelengths, which are longer wavelengths, you know, closer to the radio wave spectrum than the visible spectrum. And they did that because the wavelengths are longer. It turns out it's easier to design the structures that'll do this light guiding and hiding of a hidden region. Wait a minute, Greg. Greg. Microwaves, that's what police radar guns use. <laughs> So can I make my car invisible to the police radar gun? You know? I don't want to, you know. But all, you know. Neil, what are you trying to get away with out there? <laughs> oh, no, just what is going say. on right it now? It sounds like this guy knows <laughs> how to, how, he's never paid a ticket in his life. Okay, no, go on. Well, go. Dang, I mean, you just gave me a new application. I had <laughs> for all this time. Um, right. And one that's surprisingly plausible, actually. Um, because the the little structures you need to design to fabricate sort of an invisibility cloak at microwave ranges are more on the order of millimeter-sized structures or centimeter-sized structures, which are a lot easier to do than to try and make structures for visible light, which is on a billionth of a meter scale of the wavelength kind of thing. Oh, you're saying your 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 tools and 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 your the bricks you're using to make the 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 object, you know, the the construction elements have to be on the size or smaller than the size of the wavelength itself. That's exactly right. Um, and that's a great way to put it is sort of little building blocks because, and if I can already jump in to use the technical uh, attention-catching term metamaterials, um, cloaking devices and invisibility were part of this, what they called a metamaterial revolution. The idea that if you mess around with the structure of materials on the scale of a wavelength, you can suddenly get all sorts of optical behaviors that you don't get in a material in its natural state. So, okay. So, all right. So what's an example? So now you, you, you meddle with my material and then I become invisible. What, hap what did the light do that was behind me that now comes straight to you to make you think I'm not standing here? The kind of the traditional invisibility cloak. The traditional. Kind of the first one. Yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had one of so, these. The traditional so ones. So classic. Yeah. <laughs> old the OG. Old yeah. Old fashioned. Okay, go on. Yeah, these are the ones that people first introduced in like 2006, theoretically. And those, the idea is you design your materials such that they guide light around a central hidden region. And kind of like the, the analogy that they often use is like water flowing around a rock in a stream. The idea is as the light goes in, it takes a detour around the hidden region, and then it goes on its way exactly like it came in. It goes out the way it came in, so that in principle, you don't know it took that detour. 
Um, and you keep saying materials. Are you like essentially talking about an invisibility cloak? Am I allowed to say cloak on this podcast? <laughs> I think you <Okay>. can. <laughs> right. right. Was that a term before Harry Potter? Like invisibility cloak? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, act. This is one of my favorite little mind-bending things, or at least for my mind, um, that when I was researching the book, I was kind of going through scientific papers, trying to find the earliest examples I could of scientists talking about invisibility. And I suddenly happened upon a paper from Science News in, I think, 1942 or so. And it was titled Cloaks of Invisibility. Oh, there you go. And... There My heart go. literally skipped a beat. I was just like, Bleh. I I thought I was going to like rewrite two thirds of the book and kind of <laughs> refigure everything out, but it turned out they were talking about just regular camouflage, um, uh, you know, hiding hiding things in camouflage, having somebody hiding in a spider hole under the ground. And, okay, and that's and that's a war wartime paper as well. Yeah, right. Nineteen forty two. I see. So so you're not invisible. You just no one notices you. Yeah. Right. Well, that, that's where you get kind of, for me, I always, I kind of say that you have to be careful. The word invisibility is incredibly suggestive and incredibly vague. So, Nagin, have you ever seen those people who are painted into a pattern on the wall? Yeah, no, totally. That sounds like what that book was about, which is more just right, like exactly. an and, arts and, and crafts only if they project. Move, do you, only if you move do you see right. them, but if they position themselves just right, all the patterns of paint, they just disappear into the wall. Yeah, yeah. I've seen models do that and others, you know, who don't mind people painting on their bodies, you know, this sort of thing. <laughs> All right. So, so Greg, what you're saying is you can do this in principle for any band of light. It's just easier for longer wavelengths of light. That's what you're saying here. That is exactly it. it okay. Um, the longer the wavelength, the easier it is to make the fundamental building blocks you need to make to kind of construct the light guiding material. Okay, so you just say this like, of course, you can do this with the material. So what precisely are you rearranging at the, you know, at the level of the size of, of your bricks to enable the light to go around it the way water goes around a rock? Okay, well, this is where it's, I still have a hard time coming up with a good example that visualizes it, but I'll give a historic example, which is that the founder of metamaterial theory is John Pendry. And... In the late 1990s, he was contacted by a company that was making just the way, I got to interrupt. The way you say that, I'm thinking he's in the late 18... No, the late 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was alive yeah, then, Yeah, but that right? was still the 1900s. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was a long time ago now. Dude, I was alive then. Give it a little more respect than that, please. We still had landlines. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry to jump in. All right. Continue, please. So um, so what happened is this company contracted John Pendry. They said, we made this great new paint and it's made out of carbon and it's really good at absorbing radar waves. But we do not know why it does this. And so radar we, is microwaves, right? Basically. Yeah, or yeah, uh -huh. longer wavelengths. Uh -huh. um, and, and that was sort of the funny thing is they made this great material. The only problem is they had no idea why it worked. So they brought in Pendry, who is this condensed matter theorist who looked at it. And Pendry realized that, you know, naturally we tend to think of carbon. You've got diamond as one form. You've got graphite as another. 
And he found that the carbon that they had fabricated was on this very small submicroscopic level, a bunch of tangled little threads of carbon that were all woven together and tangled up. And I tend to describe it that the radar waves kind of hit this forest of carbon and get lost in it. And then they eventually get absorbed. And that was sort of the revelation that, hey, just because took the took the carbon and instead of just having it in this sort of natural graphite form, they scrambled it up into this tangled mess, it suddenly had very different optical properties. So this would be good for stealth airplane coatings. Yeah. Right? They and, don't reflect back the radar at all. This absorbs the signal, so you don't even know it's there. Exactly. Okay. And That's a form I, of invisibility, once again. Yeah. Right. And I suspect that... I suspect that the company that Pedri was working with, that the material that they discovered is probably very similar to what's used in stealth aircraft, but mm -hmm. the people that do the stealth aircraft aren't talking, so, right. <laughs> so we don't know. <laughs> well, let's get another question. See if we can slip one in before the break. From James Myers, um, they write, let's assume we have a full-spectrum cloaking device. If that device consumes energy, wouldn't it show up in the infrared? Oh, I yeah. love it. Oh, my. Wow. Who? What kind of audience do we have? Oh, my god! I mean, gosh. they're smart. It didn't even occur to me that a thing would require like uh, some sort of energy if, consumption. If but, you're going to absorb I mean, energy, you're going to get hot. Period. Mm -hmm. That's pure thermodynamics. So, yeah, Greg, what about that? Starts <laughs> to sweat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, two things I can say about that. One, um, well, yes. Uh, <laughs> let's start with yes. Uh, that's one of the interesting things about sort of what has happened with cloaking research as, as the years have progressed now is that people start with these really idealized models of invisibility cloaks. And then they started to realize that there were all sorts of limitations to these idealized models and all these practical considerations. And yeah, infrared um, radiation would be a very big consideration. Um, if your object is ending up hotter than the surrounding environment, you're probably not going to be able to completely hide it that way. Mm. Um, but one thing I can mention, which is kind of mind-boggling in and of itself, is people have theoretically speculated that you can actually apply some of the mathematics of cloaking to the equations of thermal heat flow as well. And they've theoretically said you can make a thermal cloak, that uh, heat, oh. diffusion works, heat diffusion works very different from the way waves propagate, but the equations are close enough that you can kind of adapt it and you can design an object that kind of keeps the heat away from the middle of the region for a, for a period of time, like a super I mean, thermos. Like like air conditioning for an object? Is that? <laughs> kind of. Uh, kind of more like a do not enter sort of barrier that it sort of oh, just... Oh, got you. That it kind, of it kind of forces the heat. Instead of the heat going into the middle of the region, it goes around the region first and it eventually kind of seeps in. Not exactly the same thing as hiding infrared radiation, but... But if you redistribute it that way, you can... You can, in fact, you could probably create the shape of something that people would think is not dangerous to you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you, you can sculpt something out of the radiate, that's interesting. That's interesting. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk more about going invisible on Cosmic Queries with my co-host, Nagin Farsad, and our special guest, Greg Gaber, who is 
a world's expert on going invisible when Star Talk continues. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx ground is faster to more locations than UPS ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Hey, remember when we did that show about the science of the golf swing? Well, let's take that to the next level. And that's because PXG has developed the Black Ops Driver so golfers don't have to sacrifice distance for forgiveness. And the science proves it. PXG Black Ops Driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Ops Drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. Now that's ridiculously high. The higher the MOI, the more forgiving the club will play. So you don't have to square the ball perfectly for it to go straight and get distance. Add PXG's new advanced material face technology and you get incredible ball speed that pushes the distance to the absolute limits. More forgiveness, more distance, no sacrifices. PXG Black Ops Driver. Hit your tee shot straighter and farther. The proof is in the science. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment. Go to pxg.com slash startalk and use code startalk at checkout. That's pxg.com slash startalk. Use code startalk for free shipping on all equipment. pxg.com slash startalk, code startalk. Hey, I'm Roy Hill Percival, and I support StarTalk on Patreon. Bringing the universe down to Earth, this is StarTalk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. We're back, StarTalk Cosmic Queries, the invisibility episode. (laughs) Who would ever thought I'd 
get to say that. We've got an invisibility expert, Professor Greg Gaber, Professor of Physics and Optical Science at the University of North Carolina, Charlotte. And of course, I got Nagin Farsad. Nagin, you got all the questions for us. Absolutely. And um, should I just dig right in? Yeah, yeah. Just give, give me another one. Give me another so one So from Tom B. Knight, we have a sort of foundational question. He asks, how could you make something invisible to all parts of the, of the electromagnetic spectrum? So just nuts and bolts, how do you do it? So yeah, I, based on what you've already told us, Greg, it sounds like you're only restricted to one part versus another. Can you take out every part of the electromagnetic spectrum? Is that something you could do? That's actually been one of the big challenges um, in invisibility. Even trying to make something invisible to the whole of the visible spectrum turns out to be a bit of a challenge. And that would be red all the way through blue, violet, right? Yes. The full yes. visible wavelengths. Yeah. Yeah. And there's kind of one thing we could say is there's a practical challenge, which is that in order to make it invisible to all parts of the spectrum, you'd have to make it a cloak that has properties for every wavelength separately, and the light's all going to propagate a little differently. Um, there's also a fascinating fundamental issue, which is that um, this goes back to my picture of a cloak guiding light around a central region and sending it on its way. Well, that means the light's taking a detour through the material, and that means that Compared to all light that would have just gone straight through, the light that takes a detour is taking a lo is going a longer distance. However, so in order for it to be truly undetectable, it's going to have to go faster than light that went in a straight line path all the way through. Now, the problem with that is if you're trying to make an invisibility device that works in air, the speed of light in air is pretty much the speed of light in vacuum, which means that your invisibility cloak would have to have the light be going faster than the vacuum speed of light in the cloak. So what you're saying is, just to re recap, you're saying for the light to go around the object and come out the other side, and you have no way to detect it, it has to come out the other side at the same time it would have come out the other side without having to go around the detour. Exactly. Otherwise, there's a time delay from that blob of light relative to all the light around it. But why would you even notice that? Well, you would actually note you would actually notice it in an image, at least some some way downstream of your light beam, because there's this delay in the light coming out. It would act kind of like a lens. What a lens does when it focuses is it delays part of the light selectively to the other, which gives you some sort of curvature. So if you have this time delay imbalance, that's effectively going to give you some sort of focusing effect. Can, Greg, can I just tell you, as a person with regular eyeballs, maybe this puts you at ease, I wouldn't notice. <laughs> you know what I mean? If that light was just like a touch slower, I'd be like, cool, that light's doing its own thing. I'm not here to judge. Take your time. Whatever you got to do. I just, I'm here to look. That's it. You know? Yeah, Fair. that's, that, that's, there you go. There you go. You get, you got enough people with messed up eyesight. No one's going to notice. <laughs> That's what you're saying. <laughs> That's actually been part of the trend in uh, a lot of the invisibility research since these sort of early theoretical papers as people said, well, you know, we've been talking about can we make something perfectly invisible? And in principle, it's possible. In practice, there's a lot of problems. 
We don't really need something perfectly invisible. If we make something 90% invisible, um, that's probably going to be pretty good or 99% or something mm -hmm. like that. That's people so, walking into play glass windows. Yeah. That's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, but not to put words in your mouth, but if you were to make the entire, getting back to the question, if you were to make the entire electromagnetic spectrum uh, invisible through an object, then you'd have to have materials serving every band of light in that electromagnetic spectrum because they the one there's not there's no one solution fits all so that would be a problem it would be a huge surface a very thick skin around the object because every layer of the skin is going to handle different wavelengths of light differently is that is that a fair statement that's yeah i think that pretty much hits it exactly um, okay so you usually don't see people looking at sort of super broadband um, invisibility cloaks. They're really happy right now if they can study a cloak that'll, you know, block or make invisible some parts of the spectrum and try to learn from that. So I tell people, you know, the is it the B-2 bomber, which looks like the bat plane? That has, I've read, the radar cross-section of a bumblebee. Right. So you're looking for this bomber and nothing's showing up. Right. And however, you could just go outside and look up. <laughs> you can see it because it's not, it, it, it's not stealth in visible light. It's only stealth in radar light. Right. And so I, so it will matter. It can matter ultimately. Right. What you have to know how they're trying to detect you to then be prepared for that. Exactly. Okay. I'm just going to verify. Verify. Yep. All right, Nagin, what else you got for us? Um, well, I have from, uh, from Chris Plotz, he writes, if invisibility is bending light around an object, wouldn't that mean that someone who was made invisible would be unable to see in the spectrum that bends around them? I suppose another type of invisibility where the image behind a person is projected in front of them would get around this, but that itself, but that itself would only work against people probably in a pretty narrow band directly in front of the invisible person. They'd be obvious from the sides. Damn, it seems like people, invisibility damn. has issues. Man, we got good people out there. They're right. About so, it. What happens to the person being made invisible? Can they see anything? Well, if the invis that if I the way I say it is, yeah, if the invisibility cloak works as intended, then yes, nobody can see you, but you can't see anything. So um, you then it's like the least fun superpower. <laughs> I don't even know. It's I guess you can eavesdrop pretty great, but you can't see anything that yeah. sucks. Yeah, there, there are kind of a couple workarounds of this. Wait, so the quest the questioner is correct. Yeah. That the person would not be able to see outside yep. of their own eyeballs in the wavelength that you're using to make them invisible. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. And there, I mean, there are a couple of workarounds, and science fiction authors have done a good job of this too. One workaround is you simply have some sort of detector or sensor. And now we start now you start to imagine a vehicle instead of you know something you're wearing on yourself. So a periscope of some kind, maybe. <laughs> yeah. That mm -hmm. that detects in, you know, infrared or ultraviolet that in a spectrum that's not being shielded. Okay. Now, another thing that people have proposed, and I should stress that a lot of this is all, if it's been done, it's been done on a tiny, tiny scale. So um, we're not talking about somebody looking over your shoulder right now without you knowing. But 
Um, people have also proposed that you can you can actually build the the cloak the cloaked structure as part of your invisibility device. If you know if you know how your the thing you're trying to hide is scattering light, you can design your cloak to cancel out that scattered light. It becomes a wave interference effect. So you can kind of in principle design a cloak where you get some of the light in as a detector, but the cloak itself has been designed to account for the fact that part of the light has gone inside. And therefore what? Well, ideally the cloak itself is now invis- is still invisible because it's blocking any of the light scattering off of you, but some of the light from outside is coming in to where you can see it. Oh, okay. All right. So this would be a solution to that problem. Yeah. Okay. Again, How far are we from this being available at H&M just for purchase? <laughs> in the back corner. <laughs> yeah. Ponchos, invisibility cloaks. And, right. are, and does the cloak have pockets? <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking about practicality here. Uh, good question. Um, one thing, um, though I, I always go out on a limb and I always get these things wrong. It's really hard to predict. Right now, it seems like it's really, really hard to try and make something perfectly invisible with this cloaking sort in this cloaking sort of sense. So I'm not sure whether anyone will ever completely get it to work in practice. Um, it might just be too hard and not worth the trouble to try and assemble these building blocks to make this thing. Though somebody will still probably try. Um, and there'll probably still be some limitations like we've talked about. Um, I use that to reassure people because when I tell when I tell them I do little work on invisibility, you know, they can start to worry that I'm dooming us all. Um, but but in fact, if you had perfected it, how would we know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we would never know. My skating coach keeps telling me I need to give her an invisibility cloak, and I keep telling her I already gave it to you. Don't you know? Don't, don't oh. you know where it is? <laughs> she can't find it. Okay. Yeah. All right, so you're the author of the newly released book, Invisibility, the History and Science of How Not to Be Seen. So uh, so is that out yet at the time of this recording? Uh, the, the book just was released on April 11th of this year. April 11th, 2023. Okay, excellent. So Nagin, Nagin tell me what else you got. Well, we have from Kayla Hunter the question, um, in the Avengers movie, they had a helicarrier that turned completely invisible. In this scene, it looked like the ship was covered in a layer of individual panels that caused this visual effect once the stealth mode was activated. What's the science behind that? And is it possible with the technology we have today to execute something similar? So this is like a switch. You can just turn it on and make... I think James Bond had a version such as this where yep. his Aston Martin could just, uh, on command, could go invisible because of something on the skin. So have you, have you researched the, the authentic physics of these documentaries called the Avengers series? <laughs> these science documentaries. Uh, a little bit, I can say, yeah. Um, and here I can distinguish between what we often call passive invisibility versus active invisibility. And passive invisibility is where you design the structure to guide the light, but you don't mess with it. You just let the light go around the hidden object and go on its way. And so the object just sits there and the light just does what it does. Active invisibility is this idea 
like the James Bond car, like the Avengers, um, actually like the 2020 Invisible Man movie, where the idea would be you'd have a bunch of cameras on one side, and on the other side, you'd have a bunch of projectors. And so if you have the object completely surrounded on one side, it'll always be taking in the scene, it'll a computer will process it all and put it all out on the other side. Now, one trick with that is it's a little more difficult than a lot of people would think because, um, you know, when we take a photograph, we get the still image of a scene, but if you're trying to recreate the actual true light field that's hitting the side of an object, you don't just record how much light is it in a location. You need to know which way the light is coming from. Um, and this is kind of like the person who talked about the projection image, the questioner earlier, that you can project an image on somebody and it'll look correct from one direction, but if you step two feet to the side, it doesn't look good anymore. Right, because you're not capturing the entire reality of what's going on on the other side, which yeah. is every light beam from every angle coming in. Interesting. So, and, and it wouldn't be a projection, I wouldn't think, in this, these modern times. The side coming towards you would just be clad in some high-resolution pixel LEDs or something, yeah. right? Isn't that what that would be? Yeah, they have, and and the the projection that comes out the other side would also have to project light in all these different directions. You know, mm -hmm. each picture with pixel would be recording light coming from all these different directions. On the right. other side, it would have to send them all out on other different directions. Well, let's uh, let's close out this segment and come right back for segment three after this break, and we're talking about invisibility. Not only now, but possibly in the future and even in science fiction when Star Talk returns. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W A L K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi, it's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday, and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion, and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling, and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Do you want to set up your child for success? Of course you do. Maybe you want to save money on private tutoring, or maybe it's just out of your budget altogether. Is this a big school year for your child? Like maybe they're starting kindergarten, middle school, or high school, or some other milestone. Maybe your family moved and they're starting at a new school. Is your child ahead? Not getting challenged enough in class? Well, we love that little smarty, but we want them to be engaged. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age 
or the personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids can use it at home on the computer or on the go through the app on your phone or your tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. And no more trying to figure out how to explain math equations or grammar rules yourself. IXL has built-in explanation videos. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Star Talk Radio listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash StarTalk. Visit IXL.com slash StarTalk to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. We're back, Star Talk Cosmic Queries, the invisibility episode with Professor Greg Gabur from the University of North Carolina, Charlotte, and of course, Nagin Farsad. Uh, Nagin, I also saw you. I said this last time, but I just want to recapture my emotion when I saw I'm channel surfing, and there you are on TV chilling with Hillary Clinton. Yep. Yeah. Just, re- just remind me what show that was. <laughs> um, Hillary Clinton and Chelsea Clinton have a show on Apple TV called Gutsy Women. And it's about gutsy women. Um, they wrote a book about gutsy women in history. And then the show is attempt to to kind of show gutsy women who are alive. And um, you're and you're a living and gutsy woman. Oh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm a living gutsy I'm, woman. So it if was, you wrote a book yeah. called How to Make White People Laugh. That's gutsy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I it was one of the honors of my life. You could check out that show on Apple okay. TV. Okay. And and what what captured their interest? Was it your book, How to Make White People I Laugh? I mean, it was just- it was probably my book, and it was partly I I've sued um the Metropolitan Transit Authority in New York City um for the right to put up funny posters about Muslims. I've done a lot of work around like activism, comedic activism um, wow. around immigrant rights and Islamophobia. Um, and so that's something that I think. Uh, caught their interest. Wow. Well, I didn't know any of that about you. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm uh, multi-layered. Okay. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not wearing no invisibility cloak. There's okay. a lot going on here. Exactly. You're, you wear invisibility cloaks. That's a different <laughs> kind of cloak. Exactly. Um, so, Greg, I'm going to have to call you out on this right now. Okay. You're, so far, you've been all talk. Have you built one of these things yet? Have you, or are you just Mr. Theory? Yes, burning question. Making making like the the cloaks as people are trying to do them is actually very difficult. And people have made some simplified cloaking devices. The biggest one I've seen was big enough to hide a cat, which made me oh, very that's happy. That's pretty big. Yeah. Mm, um, mm. But it was also an imperfect cloak. Now, one thing that I have done is, and I wish I brought it, and I wish I'd thought of doing that, is... You can do a very nice light guiding trick using prisms. And I guess it's a classic trick that a friend introduced me to. You put together eight prisms in just the right way. And this is sort of me using my fingers as the top view. And the light rays will reflect off the prisms and do a detour around the central region. So you can stick your hand in the central region. You can stick your fingers in there. Um, you can, But while you're looking through the prisms, you can see everything on the other side. Um, oh, I see. So the light is internally reflected within the prisms as it comes around the curve. That's exactly it. It's total internal reflection. So all of the light is perfectly reflected inside. And 
It's okay. not. It's not really an invisibility cloak the way that we would like to That's imagine. It's a fun them. optical trick. Yeah. Yeah, and it demonstrates that idea that yeah, we can send light around a central region and it'll still work very convincingly. Mm-hmm. By the mm-hmm. way, Greg, I love that your friends are showing you like, you know, optical tricks um, because my friends are the type of people that are teaching me to take Alka-Seltzer when I have a hangover. So <laughs> you, I need to hang out with better, your friends. I mean, You need people, people who have eight prisms in their pocket, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, sorry, that's what exactly. you need. <laughs> exactly. All right. And again, you got another one. Give it to me. Yes. From Christopher Bax, um, they write, can you explain a bit about what the interaction between light and matter is that makes some wavelengths of light reflect off matter and other wavelengths pass through? For example, visible light reflects off skin, but x-rays can look through it. Are there existing or theoretical materials that would not interact with visible light and would be visible to the naked eye? I love that. Yes. So what's going on on the surface? This This is all classical... Wave optics, right, for you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. And so first of all, with X-rays, part of what happens with X-rays is there's such high energy uh, particles, if I dwell into the quantum Uh-oh. for a moment. He said light was particles. Yeah. Warning! <laughs> <laughs> My whole life is a lie. <laughs> Warning. No, no, in all fairness to him, uh, as an astrophysicist, we want to detect objects in the universe that emanate in all that that radiate in all these different bands of light and it turns out it's more sensible to reference high energy light as particles and low energy light as waves right so no one thinks of a radio wave particle radio particles we don't think of it that way and it, it's harder to think of gamma way uh, or um or x-way x-way <laughs> x-way x-ways <from> elmer fudd <laughs> um so so the fact that particles slipped out of your mouth is very consistent with anything I have to think about when we talk about bands yeah. of light and detecting them. But go on. Yeah, and and I have a little historical side note on that, but I can come back to that in a moment. Um, otherwise, the um, for visible light, part of the trick, people actually, including my own research, I did my PhD work on crude invisibility in 2001, um, before it was cool. Um, and the, there was a... What do you say? Crude invisibility? Yeah. Crude. So, okay. So, like the as the opposed mo- to refined. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the modern invisibility theories are really elegant and powerful, and you can do all this stuff. Back in the day, I was doing very primitive versions of that sort of stuff. Back so. in the aughts. In the aughts. Yep. I remember it well. <laughs> we were young and innocent then. Uh, back in the aughts. Yeah. Aught three. Okay. Go on. Um. But part of the part of, so back then there were it was widely thought that you couldn't make things invisible, and part of it was this reflection problem that there didn't seem to be perfectly reflect perfectly non-reflecting materials that would be non-reflecting for any direction that light's coming in. Um, but people found out and demonstrated, or or at least rediscovered that if you make the right material that has and I'll get a little technical, has a magnetic response in addition to an electrical response, and also is what we call an anisotropic material, then you can design materials that don't reflect any light at all. Even even if their optical properties are different from air, light can just go in without reflecting. And that was a big piece of making invisibility work. All right, and so... 
But what was the question, Negin? The question was about explaining about the interaction between light and matter. Um, yeah, so if makes... light, so if light gets absorbed and doesn't get completely from all angles, but X-rays go straight through you. Yeah. So why aren't they interacting with our skin the way visible light is? Yeah, and that that goes back to the particle thing. That X-rays are so high energy. Um, you know, they're kind of what do you, what do you use as an analogy for something just going through right through you without stopping? A freight train going through your body, it just okay, charges right through. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There, there's nothing. An X-ray is so high energy, it just for the most part doesn't interact with anything in your body, and it just goes straight through because it's got so much energy and it's so out of it oscillates at a frequency that is much higher than any of the frequencies that the atoms in your body are oscillating at. So they don't even notice each other at that they level. They don't, yeah. Right. They okay. pass in the hall. They don't talk. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and so that's the advantage of x-rays is that they're, they just are so high energy, they don't interact with matter very well because, yeah, the, it, I, the best way to describe it is this frequency difference. Atoms tend to have these natural frequencies they vibrate at. And it so happens that those natural frequencies they vibrate at are comparable to the frequencies of visible light. So we see a lot of stuff. X-rays have super high frequencies, very different from the frequencies at which atoms are vibrating. So there's very little interaction. So, so it's fascinating to think about it that way. That means for any two things to interact at all, there's got to be some resonance between the frequencies. Otherwise, it's ships passing each other in the night. That's, that's a lot of the way it works. Is, wow, yeah. okay, pretty cool. I'm all learning right, a lot that like these that what these all these wavelengths are very standoffish, very hard to befriend. <laughs> you know, That's right? Yes, they are. You got to give. You, you just have to know the right frequency. You have to be, <laughs> no, no, no. I got, you have to be on their wavelength. Same. It's the same concept. Right. All right. Well, Tom Lindelius actually writes from Sweden. Mm -hmm. um, he asked, "Would it be possible to light a room in such a way that everything in it would appear black and white?" About fifteen years ago, my physics teacher claimed that it was possible, but she never told me how to actually do it. Ooh, I think so. I think so. Let me take. I'll take a stab at this, Greg. So, if you know in advance what color everything is, okay. If you know in oh, black and white. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of something different because what's very cool is if you get a very deep red light, for example, like one of these emergency lights that are light a hallway, and you take a Coke can, a red and white Coke can, and bring it up to that lamp, you cannot see the white stripes because the red reflects the red light and the white reflects the red light. So the whole can just turns red. And you can do fun light experiments this way. And if you take that Coke can and put it in front of a deep blue light, the red only knows how to reflect the red. Blue, it's going to absorb it. You're not going to see any light. That turns black. The, red, the white turns blue. And the can becomes black and blue. So it's, it's the weird thing is the color something is is not what it absorbs. It's whatever comes back to your eyes. If nothing comes back to your eyes, it's black. Now, that's my starter here, Greg. Can you turn a room into <laughs> only things that are black and white by choice of wavelength of illumination? I don't know if that's possible. You can do that? 
I'm not sure. I've never really thought about it before. I think you might have been on the right track that if you have a room that has only certain colors in it, you might be able to tailor the illumination to sort of selectively ignore or ref- reflect or absorb You find a colors. frequency that's not represented by any object. Yeah. And then all of those colors turn black. Yeah, and so it How- wouldn't be... Ever, that frequency would be reflected just as itself from anything that's white. Yeah. And so the everything that's white would be the color of the light. Everything that's not the color of the light would be black. But you wouldn't get white. Because if you got white at all, the white has all the colors and it would show you the colors of the stuff that's turning black. So I don't believe, I don't believe your science teacher. The, 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 the guy's science your teacher, teacher was a lying. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I feel like if you could do, basically, we're talking about Instagram filters here on like a room, uh, like in a three dimensions, like in real life, then you'd be rich, Greg. Maybe this is, should be your next venture is how it's to the, do Instagram the, filters in real life. That's, you know, that's Greg. You know, you missed out. <laughs> I, I missed out did on a lot. Did we just, did the three of us just form a business? Yeah, right. we did. <laughs> so, Nagin, one last question. I, okay. That might be all we have time for, if that. We'll Here see. we go. go from Kenneth Von Smelsmore um, from Atlanta, Georgia. They write, if invisibility cloaks work by bending or manipulating light, and if we can see into the past due to the time and distance it takes for light to reach us, then might it be possible to make time invisible? Oh. Yeah. Oh. I actually do have a good answer for that. <laughs> and in, in a in a sense, which may not be exactly what the uh, questioner is asking, people have made what they call time cloaks. And what they did is so you picture you picture this picture that I made where I said, okay, there's this hidden region, there's a cloak around it, and the light goes around it like that. And so imagine this is like the horizontal position. This is the vertical position. Replace one of those axes with time. And now, at least in a picture, you've made a time cloak. You can make, you can design a structure where it kind of hides events in a certain time regime from light. And now you sound dangerous. <laughs> 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 now I don't you know I worry about Nagin I don't know about this guy. I know but the main message I think for all of us is that Greg is 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 that we should all be very scared right now of Greg he's a very especially dangerous man especially of Greg yes people occasionally say that about me and then I say but I am kind of lazy so it all kind of balances out <laughs> oh there you go a lazy diabolical uh, uh, nemesis to the yep. superheroes yeah yeah well, Greg, it's been a delight to have you. And the next time you have a full-up cloak that they can sell in H&M, mm-hmm. uh, Nagin will be I'll online be to buy it. And Absolutely. We're gonna, you want to come back and tell us about it. <laughs> of course. Uh, but it's a, a delight to get this kind of insight because we've seen it discussed and we've heard about it, but we didn't know people were actually doing it. So good to know that you exist in this world. And Nagin, great to, great to have you again. Oh, always fun to be here. And I cannot believe uh, we talked about invisibility cloaks. This was a dream. For a whole show. That's right. All right. <laughs> this has been Star Talk, Cosmic Queries, the invisibility episode. Neil deGrasse Tyson here. Keep looking up.
It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.